Good morning. October is a very important month in Grapevine. It's missions month. And our, our mission is that each of us, each of us, as Christians, need to be and do our part to share the gospel and spread the gospel to everyone that is within our respective sphere of influence. In the Great Commission that we've seen outlined in Matthew uh, 28, 16 through 20, Jesus calls his followers to make disciples of all of them and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today, what we're going to be talking about is Eastern Europe, with special emphasis on Ukraine. We're going to be able to see how the Great Commission is being fulfilled by ministries and evangelists that the Grapevine Church of Christ supports. So how is this done? Well, initially, what you have to do is, is you've got to get God's Word out there, and, and that is the Bible. People need to read here and, and get the Bible. And so today, you know, if you go home, count the number of Bibles you have. I have over 20 in my particular li library in print, plus I have access to many, many others in, in digital form factor, a format. So imagine if you don't even have one Bible in your native language, or uh, if uh, there are Bibles in your native language, you can't afford it or they're unavailable. So that explains the reason of why it's so important for Eastern European Mission to be able to provide Bibles free of charge to uh, these nations in Eastern Europe. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to hear from uh, the Dovchenko and the Vyshev uh, families in Ukraine. We're going to learn how they're teaching God's Word and, and providing humanitarian aid uh, and, and showing God's love for people in Ukraine. As you well know, Ukraine is embroiled in a war right now with Russia, and uh, it's totally devastating, and it's continuing to get worse as we go on. They need your prayers and support. So what we're going to do is we're going to start out with Clyde Slimp. He's here, and he can make a presentation about Eastern European Mission. And then Ron Montgomery will go ahead and uh, provide and give us an update on what's going on in Ukraine uh, with the two uh, or the three evangelistic families we uh, support there. Clyde. Thank you. Well, good morning, Grapevine Church. Good to see you this morning, and good to be with you. I am so glad that I can be here and work with Bob, with Lanny Tucker, regional director that some of you have met. I have my wife, Rachel, with me back there. Raise your hand, Rachel. And we are very glad to be with you today. I am very impressed with the mission emphasis you have here, Mission Month. And you are very committed to being on mission. I think all that you've done to prepare for this and to bring it off and to pray about it, communicate about it, emphasize it, is just it just testifies to your commitment to try to serve locally and also spread the gospel all over the world. And so I'm thankful for your desire to spread hope. And that is the theme of our Million Dollar Sunday with Eastern European Mission. And we are focusing on this as a theme verse. And I'd like you to read this with me. Let's read together Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace, join me, as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is God's Word. And I am very grateful that we can share God's hope with people. We want to spread that hope to help seekers find the God who is pursuing them. And that is so important. I so appreciated Justin. Taylor sending me a copy of your Mission Month booklet, and as you can see in it, EEM for more than 60 years has been trying to share God's Word with the people of Eastern Europe and beyond, 
and seek to educate and inspire God's servants in this work. And it is a vital work, and we appreciate your support of it. Uh, right now, I want to show you a brief video. Some of you may be wondering, now, what is this exactly? I think this video will help you see something about what we're doing and what we're trying to do this next year with our Million Dollar Sunday campaign. It's been said that a person can live 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but only one second without hope. We all need hope. We at EEM have been striving to answer the call from God to provide the hope only found in the Bible. It's our continued commitment to provide Bibles and Bible-based materials to the 30-plus nations we serve in the 20-plus heart languages they speak. As we look around this world, we see a dominance of violence, hatred, disease, divisiveness, fear, and death. In the middle of all of this, there's a growing need for hope. Hope that transcends a world falling apart. The evidence is all around us. It all can be discouraging, even depressing, and can result in the loss of hope. For so many, hope is elusive. It's a mirage, largely because we look in all the wrong places. We place our hope in our nation, politicians, our finances, our relationships, our careers, our health, and on and on this list goes. An incredible glimpse into humanity amidst the brutality of Jesus acknowledged the reality of placing our hope in things of this world when he said, in this world, you will have trouble. But he doesn't stop there. He proclaims, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Trying to work out what comes next. We are seeing people every day in the part of the world we are blessed to serve who are overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. They are glorifying our God and are filled with His joy and peace in the midst of war, death, homelessness, and oppression. They are serving and sacrificing in ways that simply don't make sense to an earthly kingdom. The requests for Bibles are pouring in, and our distribution continues to increase at a rate that confirms this hunger for hope. From Ukrainian refugees fleeing a war-torn nation, to public schools in Croatia and North Macedonia, people want the hope which is only found in the Bible. They want and need Jesus. So whether you're a current donor or considering becoming one, here's what we ask. Join us in providing the Bible throughout the part of the world we are blessed to serve by being a financial ministry partner. We simply cannot share the Bible with all those asking without your help. We have people, printers, relationships, and years of organized operations. But generous funding from people like you is what puts it all in motion. So without reservation, let me lay it out for you. From September to December, with your help, we plan to raise $3.5 million. With that support, we will provide approximately 700,000 Bibles. We don't need a new savior. We don't need feel-good platitudes. We need the message of Jesus found in the Bible. The Bible, we want everyone to get it.
This really is God's ministry, and we're thankful we can partner with God and with you and partners like you so that we can live up to our tagline, the Bible. We want everyone to get it. We don't want them just to get a copy of it. We want them to get it. And so as we get that and get that to people, hopefully God can pull them in to his arms and get them as well. Now, as we look at some of the things that are happening, there are millions who need God's word. We serve a population of 370 million people in Eastern Europe and beyond. And so as I think about Grapevine and what you've done, I want to say thank you for how many Bibles you personally as a congregation have provided to try to help those people get Bibles. Matter of fact, I did some calculating up and I'll let the calculator do it. Anyway, but 91,419 Bibles that Grapevine has given to people. And you really count those the same way God counts lost sheep. You count those one Bible at a time. Those go in the hands of one person at a time. And so it makes an impact on people's lives. And I'm grateful for your participation in that. Now, while, you know, while I'm holding this, I want to show you this. This is a book about smuggling of Bibles, and free copies of this are available just outside these doors if you want to pick up a copy of this book and hear about what happened. They smuggled so many Bibles in under the Iron Curtain for so many decades, and we now drive tractor truckloads past those same checkpoints of Bibles going to people. And so please check out our display out there. Pick up one of those if you'd like to do that. As we think about some of the things that are happening, and some of you already know that there are a lot of Bibles that are going out. God has blown the doors open of opportunity. Just about 11 years ago, we were giving 200,000 books and Bibles per year. And now we're at over 1.5 million books distributed, Bibles distributed for last year. And this year, for the first time in EEM's history, uh-oh, well, I'm, I'm going to see if uh, that comes back up. Thank you, Justin. But for the first time in EEM's history... We passed the one million Bibles and books distributed by July. And that is only because God pulls us forward. He opens the doors and we try to faithfully go through them. And so we are very excited about that. Now the good news or the challenging news or both is that we already have three million requests for next year. And so people, three million requests have come in for Bibles for next year. And we want to be able to say yes to all the requests that we can. And we don't want to have to say yes, but how long can you wait to get them? We want to say yes, and we're trying to get you those Bibles. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. Now, I need to hasten on because I know that our time is limited. And so we are just asking you, thank you, Justin. Oh, well. We're, we're, we're getting there. I'm, I'm thank, thankful for what's going to happen. But we are asking you to think about how you can say yes to God getting his word into people's hands. And $5 does provide hope. It provides one Bible. And $100 provides 20 books, 1,200 Bibles and Bible-based materials. $5,000 would give 1,000 books. And in this crisis, you've seen pictures on the news from what I'm hearing from people who've been there, people who know people there. It's, you, you just can't imagine how bad it is. The news isn't telling us how bad it is. It's worse. And the images and news reports are painful to see. 
But in the midst of this war-torn area, we have partners like Sasha and Vanya who help distribute 16,000 plus Bibles from a warehouse in Kiev, and they got that that distributed out to Western Ukraine so people who were hungry for hope could get the Word of God. And so we're thankful for people who have worked courageously and they've been very committed to trying to get God's Word to people. We've seen refugees pouring out into neighboring nations seeking refuge. And we have just heard from so many of them that one of the top requests people have when they get to these bomb shelters and other places is, do you have Bibles? And so we are thankful we can help provide those. I would show you some pictures of what hope looks like, and we may get to that. If we don't, that's okay. Thank you for trying to get that. But God's church is touching lives, and compassion is opening the doors for people to say, can you tell me why you're doing this? And when they find out it's Jesus, many of them are open to the Word of God. And we have... Uh, So many pictures of baptisms and women's groups studying the Bible, teenagers reading children's Bibles, and it's just amazing to see what's happening. Now, let me tell you about something else. One place in Ukraine, they were delivering generators. Eleven villages hadn't had months, hadn't had electricity in months, and so... Feda and some others took generators and gave them, and it's so critical to have these generators, and they gave them these generators, and they also gave them children's Bibles and Bibles, and it is something that is just so amazing because the people are so grateful to get both of those, the the light that's provided by the generators, the water that comes from the wells as it pumps the uh, water, and also the light of God's Word. Well, The last thing I want to share with you is about some special ministry to refugees in children's uh, orphanages and children refugees. There was a United for Ukraine mission trip serving them. And I love some of the pictures. I'd love to show you those. But it was just so great to see these children who were blessed to get new things, new shoes, new clothes. They washed their feet. They gave them children's Bibles. And I just want to close with thinking about one story because I know that you have provided not only Bibles but children's Bibles. So let me just tell you about one child. And this is really, to me, the power of one children's Bible or one Bible and the difference it can make. So Dirk Smith, you saw him on the video earlier. He was outside an event, and it was, I think, in Little Rock. And some... uh, Romanian missionary actually came up to him and said, hey, you've got time for a story. He said, well, I got five minutes, so make it quick. He said, okay, I'll make it quick. I'll try to make it even quicker, by the way. So anyway, um, he said, okay, so we went as American missionaries, went to Romania, and our language skills were not so good. And so we thought, well, who can we talk to? We can talk to children. And so they asked, wrote and asked EEM, would you send us 300 children's Bibles? They said, you're young missionaries. You'll need more than you think you'll need. So here's 400. Well, they ended up needing 500. And they passed out all those children's Bibles. And then 10 years go by. The church has done well. They've bought property. They're about to build a building. It's amazing. They have elders. And the church is doing well. But then they get a knock at the door. And it is a summons to appear before the mayor because there's a grievance against them by the Romanian Orthodox bishop. And he does not want them to build that building. And so they 
go down and he takes a couple of elders with him. They go to the mayor's office. The mayor's shuffling some papers around and, you know, he says, you know, I've looked over all this. I'm throwing this out. I think our town needs a new church. And the Romanian Orthodox bishop, I mean, he was there. He walked in right behind the preacher and the elders in full regalia with his entourage. And when the mayor said that, he, was, he stood up, he was fuming, he left. And the preacher and the elders thought, let's go too. And the mayor said, not you, sit down. I said, yes, sir. And he said, you remember those children's Bibles you, go, you gave out 10 years ago? And I said, well, Sure. He said, my granddaughter received one of those children's Bibles, and it changed our lives. We read stories we'd never read before, and we saw in there that we could write and we could get other materials, and they, we did, and they gave us all we wanted. And we want you to know we're believers now. And so you build that church building, and you keep preaching Jesus, and if you need anything else, you come see me. Based on the strength of that kind of and I get chills just telling that story. I mean, the, the, based on that wind in their sails, they decided we're going to get more Bibles from EEM. We're going to every house, every door in this seven, village of 7,000 people, we're going to hand out 7,000 Bibles to everyone. This is what happens when one children's Bible is given. One Bible is able to make a difference. And... You know, we can't do that kind of thing. We're not able to say, okay, make sure you get, uh, you know, we're running out of children's Bibles. Make sure you get one. No, not to that little girl, the one behind her. You know, we don't do that. We just freely, we receive freely, we give. Because you and others give, we pass that on and make these uh, available free of charge. And then God does what God does. And God, in Isaiah 55, 11 says, His word will not return to him void. It will accomplish what he desires. It will achieve the purpose for which he sends it. And so we ask you to try to give hope to a broken world. We thank you for doing that in the past. We ask you to consider praying for Ukraine and helping people receive the word of God. Thank you for your time. Good job, good job. Well, it's, it's very clear that... Uh, you now know how adept uh, a, a good preacher can be in a difficult situation. Clyde, that was great. Um, I'm going to steal a line from, um, from Bob at the moment, and, and, and I want to point out that the work that's being done at EEM is the first step in what we all have to do, which is plant the seeds. And what they're doing over there is planting those seeds so that they can mature into people who believe in Christ, who can move forward because they've gotten the word, but then you have to put the word into action. Now, I do want to say, Clyde, um, uh, some of you may remember Dan and Mickey and I and, and my daughter made a trip over to Ukraine, and, and in those uh, bomb shelters, there were no Bibles. They had guns, <laughs> and so we had a different experience than a lot, and I think I would prefer to have those Bibles. Um, when we think about what's going on in Ukraine, um, there is a, uh, a work that is really taking off. Um, so, first of all, when you think about Ukraine, that is how you say, spell Ukraine in, in their language. Um, I'm very quickly going to introduce you to the families of our missionaries. So on the upper left, some of you may remember uh, Genya and Anya and Liana and Elise and Miss Ellie. Now, Miss Ellie, for those of you who don't know, is a Texas-born native. 
And I'm going to have you all think about for the moment the fact that today is Ellie's birthday. So it's a special day for her, it's a special day for us, but that family has been here, spent two years with us here in Texas. They know us. Um, the photograph in the upper right-hand corner is Oleg, his family. He's been with a, a part of our church brotherhood over there doing work. Uh, that is his family. And then the two brothers that I show there in the middle are the actual uh, missionaries that we support and the work that they're doing. I wanted to get you acquainted, if you're not already, with what, where we are and what's going on. So here is how our little country of Ukraine fits against that massive country of Russia and has basically been able to hold off a very troubling invasion from a country that is, uh, is trying to impose their will. It's a country that's the size of Texas. So it gives you a sense of, think about, can, do you think we could hold off all of the U.S. from Texas? Well, I, I don't think so, but they're doing it. And, <laughs> and they're, doing it from, they're doing it from help from other countries, from all of us. Um, this is where the war zone is today. Okay, so for those of you who see it in the news and you're wondering what is going on, Crimea, there at the lower portion of that, has already been taken by Russia. They want to get it back. The rest of that yellow is the area that they finally secured. But remember the first thing in February, on February 24th, they wanted the whole country. Their belief is that they can get their country back, and they're trying to do that. And this is what's happening. If you're wondering what life is like, um, Clyde talked a little bit about the difficulties. And this is, I just picked a building, but in the eastern portion of that, these people have... Um, They've been killed. They have no homes. They have the winter coming on. This is going to be a very difficult time for people, and, um, and they're now leaving the eastern part, and they're moving to the west, and that's where our missionaries are. So the Oleg and Eldar, the two brothers, used to live in an area just like this, and they've now moved and helping the congregation that's in Ivano. Um, so if I could ask uh, Susan, if you would play the video, I'd like you to get a message from them about what um, their work is like. Greetings, our grapevine family, brothers and sisters, all of us. We greet you from Ivana Kankes, it's a city in the western Ukraine where we stayed the last seven months since the book of our city grew up uh, twice in the population because of all the refugees. Uh, our city was shelled just one in the region three times. But praise to the Lord, we are saved and we minister to God. From time to time we hear these sounds. Young couple Daniel and Karina moved from Poltava to Ivano-Frankivsk because of the war. They are willing to serve young people and they started a youth ministry in our church. They meet several times a week to study the Bible, cook food, play games, watch movies and go on field trips. God is opening many doors for ministry in Ivano-Frankivsk region. Thank you for your generous hearts and for your willingness to help us. 
Thank you that you are standing with Ukraine. We are grateful for your love, care, and support. May God richly bless you and be with you. Please don't give up on Ukraine. We love you. God bless you. Greetings from Ukraine. Greetings to everyone uh, here. We wanted to use uh, this opportunity and uh, send you an update on our work in Western Ukraine. As many of you uh, might already know, about six months ago we moved from Eastern Ukraine to the West uh, of uh, this country when uh, border conflict expanded and uh, it grew into a total war that uh, Russia continues to wage in Ukraine. And uh, here we started a ministry with refugees. Uh, we uh, organize meetings for 100 new people every week. Uh, we spend time uh, uh, doing evangelism and distributing uh, Christian literature and aid to all these people. Uh, the demand is overwhelming and we can deal only uh, with uh, so many people uh, because about 50,000 refugees moved uh, to Ivano-Frankivsk alone. And uh, many more people are expected to move, uh, not only because of military actions in their regions, but because of <coughs> uh, problems with uh, electricity and heating, uh, considering that uh, cold season is coming and uh, Ukraine might not uh, have enough uh, gas and um, uh, power generating capacity for uh, everyone's needs. Uh, many people already started coming on Sundays to church um, and uh, we also started a Friday evening Bible class for beginners and uh, our goal is to make this church grow and to sow the gospel of Jesus as much as possible. This may be very difficult situation for many people, but at the same time it is a unique opportunity when uh, so many people are ready and willing to come to church and to, to listen to gospel of Jesus. We are very inspired and uh, thankful for this opportunity and uh, we send you our sincere gratitude and we pray for uh, God's blessings upon you and uh, here we also attach some uh, videos from uh, ongoing work in Ivano-Frankivsk. Again, uh, thank you to everyone for your participation, and may God bless each one of you. Вечное имя, и более того, это сильное имя, потому что написано перед именем Иисуса преклонится всякое колено.
исповедуете Иисуса Христа своим Господом и Спасителем? Вы раскаиваетесь в своих грехах? Раскаиваетесь. Тогда я крещу сейчас вас во имя Иисуса Христа для прощения ваших грехов и для получения в дар Святого Духа. Садитесь, садитесь. Как-то так, чтобы вы могли... the uh, thought that Michael had earlier and that when you think about planting those seeds EEM is planting the seeds our missionaries are teaching they're continuing to do what Michael talked about take those principles teach them to the unchurched teach them to the people who don't know God because uh, for those of you who aren't aware under Soviet Russia it is not that there is um, another God. It is that the government is God. And so what we're having to do is teach them there is a Jesus, there is a Savior, and that's the work that's being done. And the final step in that process is that last image on the video is to baptize the world. Bring that message to them. Our missionaries are doing that. They're doing that across the globe. They're doing it in Nicaragua. They're doing it in Ukraine. Um, our work here locally, all of these missions are trying to do the same thing, and that is take that, the, the seeds that are sown, teach the world, baptize that nation, and if we do that, we will basically have done our job as disciples, that, which is the task we are challenged to do. So I encourage you to um, continue to support those missions. I will remind you that um, winter's coming on. It's going to be a very difficult time in Ukraine. Uh, they will, because of the war, they will not have power. They likely will not have uh, fuel. Uh, so heating is going to be difficult. So uh, to the extent that you might be able to help them, um, it, there is a, um, on the online, there's a uh, pull down. You can, you can donate there. Um, just know that they need help. But what they really need is each and every one of you, when you think about it, give them prayers because that's the thing that's going to bring this across the goal line. So thank you very much. So a couple texts came to mind this morning. First one, I won't read. Isaiah 2.4 tells us there will be a day in which when God becomes God all in all, that swords will be turned to plowshares. And I look forward to that day after hearing the stories of Ukraine. The day when they will learn no war is what the text says. And swords will be turned to plowshares. Second, Romans 8. Because I think this is what hits at it for me. And what we see EEM doing throughout uh, Ukraine, but also Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe. What we see uh, Oleg and Eldar and Anya and Zhenya doing and the missionaries there. It, I think they're embodying this verse, these verses from Romans 8. Starting in verse 37. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think we're seeing that embodied in our missionaries. I think we're seeing this love of Jesus that goes beyond all things that the world is trying to impinge upon Ukraine and impinge upon the people. We're seeing this love embodied by this group, what it looks like in the midst of this. 
that nothing can get in the way of the love of God. That people will encounter the love of God even in the midst of sirens and explosions. That it will not stop them. And so there's that beautiful beginning. You are more than conquerors. And that's what we pray for. And I hope that as you hear this uh, again, as I've said, that you feel a little moving of the Spirit in you. That maybe the Spirit is telling you, you are more than a conqueror. You are not held back by, uh, as was told just a minute ago, uh, by your finances or any kind of other stuff in your life. But that God has called us to be people who partner with this love that we see embodied. And may we be people who do that. But right now, I also know that there are some of us in here who are struggling and, and who are, uh, may have our own uh, things going on. I know we talk of a physical war, but you may be going through emotional war. You may be going through a family strife. You may be going through your struggles of yourself. And we want you to know here at this place, we have elders who will pray for you, uh, ministers who will pray for you and be there for you uh, to show you and to embody that love that Paul talks about in Romans 8. So if you have any needs this morning, uh, any questions about EEM or the missionaries, Ron's here, Clyde and Bob are right here, uh, talk to them about any questions you might have. But if you have any needs, any prayer requests, come now as we stand and as we sing.